Hello and welcome to this podcast trailer of Sam's Alternative slash Sam Saturday, four hours of power. Podcast one of three, part one. On this part of the podcast, I'll be chatting to Pat from Melbourne punk rock roots band, Trashing the Treasures, about how the band formed, how they came up with the band name, what the response has been like for their latest single, Boots. We'll also talk to Pat about what 2024 holds in store for Trashing the Treasures. I'll play Boots on part two of the podcast music as well. So why don't we get into the chat with Pat from Trash and the Treasures. Here it is for you now. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Very good. Now, I've been trying to find a quiet place up here. Um, how, how's this? Does this sound okay? It sounds fine. Trust me, Pat. I'm sort of used to background noise anyway, so... All right. Yeah. So um, if there's background noise, um, there's no issue. We just deal with it. It's all good like that. All right. No worries. Yeah. I'm, uh, so, just up. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, you go, Pat. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say I'm up on the, the lovely uh, the rooftop of the Suburban Bar in Ringwood. So I've just been uh, trying to find a place without music or too much chatter. <laughs> uh, live music and pubs and rooftops generally don't have um, quiet spots, or not many. <laughs> yeah, well, I was in the middle of shopping, so I had to, <laughs> had to find somewhere where I could uh, find a quiet corner. So there I am. Yeah. I've always tried that at live music. It's like I'll have a chat to someone in a quiet place in the venue, and some venues there's literally nowhere you can find it quiet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's a good thing sometimes, too. <laughs> Like, um, hold on, love bar. I just go outside to nah. talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a hope. Not a hope. You'd probably be better going in the little pizza place down the road there. Yes. And it's sad about um, hold on, love. I won't get to get there before it closes, which is I annoying. know. I know. It's been such a, a such a resource for the the local musicians and everything. And such a lovely staff. They've got a great culture. Um, I'm just hoping they they. Um, you know, they keep the energy and, and, and find a new shell for it. Also in that part of Brunswick, there's not a lot of other live venues around either. Yeah, look, it's it's not really my stomping ground. So, um, yeah, look, I've, I've it, it's been the only place in Brunswick where we've played. So, yeah. Because yeah. it seems to be Fitzroy, Collingwood, the CBD sort of be seem to be the three big ones where yeah. there's a lot of live music venues. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you got um, I guess that are coming in off the uh, off the east, and as we do, you got Mr. Boogeyman there as probably first stop, and then you got um, you know, the swamp swamplands and the um, you know, the barley corn and the toad, and then um. I don't know, Gem uh, Bar and sort of moving on up the street all the way through till you get to, you know, out the other side, you're at Last Chance. And uh, and I guess after Last Chance, Mama Chen's out the back yeah. into the west, you say? So, See, um, I've never been to Mama Chen's. Everyone talks about oh. it. Venue. Oh, I wouldn't be admitting that in public. <laughs> oh. Mama Chen's is... Um, Talking about a, a community there, it, it's it's almost like a like a community house type thing, um, but in, in instead of uh, blue rinse set, it's um, you know studded um, 
studded bracelets and uh, and mohawks. It's um, it's it's a wild little place with a, a heart of gold. It's gorgeous. Yes. Um, tiny little band room. It's like being locked into a into a bank vault. And it keeps the sound in really well, which is good for the neighbours. And it's uh, it's quite an experience. It's um, you're in there with your noise. Let me put it that way. Yes, there's some really small band rooms in Melbourne, like um, Bergie Bedroom, Last Chance. That um, bedroom is, I think it's got to be one of the smallest I've ever seen walking past. But what, last, last Chance? The actual bedroom where the um, equipment and all that is, like the instruments and all that. Oh, come on, Last Chance is luxurious. Oh. I was at... Um... Where was I? I was at three, two, one in Clifton Hill last night. I was seeing um, the uh, the Bad News Gospel were playing, and Oceans May Appear, um, and that band room was so small that the uh, guitarist was um, sitting on the on the couch next to me while the band were up on stage. <laughs> Far out. Okay, that is small. Pat. That's... <laughs> Look, you got you got uh, you've got um, owners who are that passionate about live music that they will they'll make something work. Yeah, um, and that's the kind of city that Melbourne is. That's um, mm. yeah, that's gold, man. Uh, it's a lot of live music venues around Melbourne. A lot of live music coming up in the next couple of weeks. I've just lost track of how many gigs are actually happening in Melbourne at yeah. the end of this week and early March. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. no, no trashies, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I reckon trashies must be one of the only bands that aren't playing between now and the end of April in Melbourne. It seems. Oh, we can't all play. We can't all play. <laughs> we, we, had a, we had a pretty good run of it in the way up to Christmas and we're in a bit of a um, you know rest and recoup and reform type situation now yeah um, so uh, yeah no it's um, it's pretty exciting at the moment um, I mentioned uh, a bad news gospel there's a, a fiddle player in that band called Tony Olsen who's amazing um, I've seen him play with uh, with Frankie Bell's band back actually at back at last chance they played with us one time um, and he's uh, we've we've written this this thing that's a bit different for us it's a bush ballad or a, a bush bush ranger ballad um, and we've been kicking around for we've been kicking it around for years like it's a kind of like a warm up thing we do before we record or or do something like that because it's nice it's acoustic um and we just decided we're going to make a go of it and i sent a copy to to tony just out the blue and said hey do you want to collaborate on something we need some fiddle and he's like hell yeah yeah i'm, I'm in so um yeah that's exciting because if people haven't actually checked out trash and the treasures modern <laughs> add also if you haven't picked up already i'm talking to pat from trash and the treasures i will actually just introduce him before i forget <laughs> hello <laughs> which is really bad i'm on poor form with that at the moment last three interviews have nearly gone 10 minutes without actually introducing the guest so oh, hang essentially... on. is this is this the interview i thought we were just chatting i, I didn't realize this none of this was on record <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> back to what i watched <laughs> oh don't don't start laughing again, Seb. Last time an interview happened with that much laughing, you were as pink as a 
Beetroot, and I'm thank goodness this isn't <laughs> over Zoom or WebEx right at the moment because my face is like bright pink already. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> if you haven't checked out Trash and the Treasures, it's it's an interesting style of music because in the sounds like it's got uh, the John Spencer Blues Explosion, Iggy yeah. and the Stooges and Clutch, which is a very yeah. interesting dynamic of bands there. Look, it's it, it's weird because you, you make the music that you feel um, and the song goes where it wants to go regardless of how you feel. Um, and it's a group process anyway, so everyone's bringing all their rich, fertile influences to it. Um, and then the song just uh, escapes and, and, and finds what it wants to be. And then after that, like when you stick it in a, stick it in a jar and, and, and try and present it to someone, um, they say, well, what is it? And if you were involved in the creation of it or it sort of came through you, you're not always the best person to judge what it is. Is it blues? Is it punk? Um, is it rock and roll? Uh, is it metal? Is it ska? What is it? Um, and there's certain things. Obviously, ska. If there's, you know, if you've got the, you know, the up, up, um, you know, the, the uh, what am I saying here? The upbeat kind of thing. You, you know, there's signifiers of that. If it's in blues, um, you know, scale of blues, you can say it's blues, but. I mean, ACDC is mostly in the scale of blues, and so, and you don't often hear them called a blues band. And I mean, it, you listen to a Rolling Stones album, you're like, well, Rolling Stones, stereotypical rock and roll, Rolling Stones. You listen to a full album of Roll, Rolling Stones, like Vegas Banquet or something, and you've got country songs and medieval folk ballads and all kinds of crazy, crazy genres in there. So, Ah, uh, what am I saying? It's um, yeah. Every every song's its own creature, but you, you got to try and you got to try and uh, explain it somehow. So you go, you a, a lot of times at like the clutch thing. Um, I only discovered clutch when a good mate of mine, uh, Cosa from um, Riff Fist, former Melbourne band, um, now in Berlin in um, uh, Bumkrach. Um, he went. Oh shit! That sounds like clutch. And I went, oh, okay. There you go. Bit of clutch. So they ask you who you sound like, and you're like, ah, oh, I guess it's a bit like this. We've been told. Well, I feel like in Boots more than any of your songs, I can sort of see the clutch sounds of that song because you know, clutch like it sounds like really old school clutch music, sort of their first few albums, but. I think, as you said, I mean, there's not one genre of music you can really specify what Trash and the Treasures is. Yeah, it, it's an evolving organism. It just mm. it, it feeds on very various cultures and, and, and sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does what it wants to do, and we just hold on. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever see Trash of the Treasures Love, which I have a couple of times, it's a very unique performance. There's harmonicas, there's belts, there's top hats, there's literally everything you could ask for in a live show. 
Well, just yeah, let me let me stop you stop you there for a moment because as as the harmonica player, um, you you just kind of kind of um, put harmonica in the bag with a, an arrangement of novelties, <laughs> which I think the the harmonica community of Melbourne, who um, <laughs> are a a strong and angry mob. Um, and inclined towards vitriol might take offense at you putting harmonica in with the uh, the bandolier and the top hat and the pyrotechnics, which, yes, are part of our show. <laughs> it's a serious instrument, people. We demand respect. Because <laughs> uh, when I first saw you, I reckon it was at Mr. Boogeyman Barn. You were, I think... Oh, no. No, it wasn't Mr. Boogeyman Bar. That was the second time I fourth left. Um, the first time I saw you live, I reckon it might have been at Whole Lot of Love Bar, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like the sound of this band. And then, like, during the show, yeah, the top hat came out. And mm. it was just literally something you want to see in a live show. And there's some bands out there. I'm not going to name drop because that's defamation. <laughs> There's some bands out there that just stand there and play the instruments. And it's like, I can understand it, but you've got to have some sort of energy or vibe with the crowd that you're performing with. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're probably better musicians than us. We're no, no, let, no. <laughs> like the, the, the guys are amazing musicians. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm just drawing focus. Um, yeah, look, no, we, 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 we believe in like it's showbiz. We we call ourselves amateur theatre, um, and we're we're proud amateurs. We're we're not professional musicians. Um, we all have day jobs, and we have the utmost respect for. Uh, the poor bastards uh, in the world, and especially Melbourne, who are trying to make a living out of music, which is, um, yeah, that that in, in incredibly, incredibly tough grind for them there. Um, but we are we are amateur theatre, and we are we are in the business of show business, so we we kind of go large on that. It's, there's so much like bands and artists love doing what they do but you're exactly right because it doesn't pay the bills no. in a band or an artist and a lot of people wouldn't realise these musicians have other full time jobs that they work day to day just to get by yeah yeah that's it it's um yeah look the, there's People who, who make music have to make music. Um, there's, there's not really a choice <laughs> once you start making music. Um, and I guess, yeah, look, I, 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 can't, I can't really speak to it. I'm, I'm a bit, yeah, there's, there's, um, there's guys out there who COVID's been really, really tough for. It's been their only form of income. And not only, only the musicians, the engineers, the venue owners, um, the roadies, all of these guys um, who rely on the live music scene. And, um, yeah, it's been a tough few years for them. Yes. Bloody COVID. 
Anyway, yeah, it's uh, just you know, it ruins so many industries and so many people's lives. And I mean, some industries have gone back to what it was before COVID, but I don't think live music has ever recovered fully from COVID, really. Yeah, it's it, it has been a strange thing. It's um, I think the the couple of years of living online there, uh, are people are kind of happy with just watching a um, watching um, a clip of a live band or watching somebody else w- watching a clip of a live band and reacting to it, and that's kind of doing enough for them. But it's it's not the real thing. No, you know, don't. Who who was it who said um, don't let other people get your kicks for you? Mm. I, think, I think that was uh, I think that was Dylan. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow that message. Don't let other people get your kicks for you. Get out there and see live music. There's nothing like like just last night with um, uh, Oceans May Appear sitting in the bar right next door to right next to the guitarist on the bench who's mm. creating an amazing piece of music with the uh, the bassist and the other guitarist and the drummer. Um, being there in the room and, and looking around, um, there's nothing quite like it. I remember uh, going back to, to theatre, um, La Mama Theatre in, in Melbourne there. I'm not sure if you managed to get to La Mama. I don't think I've been there yet, no. I was burnt down, so you kind of missed out. I just, I, <laughs> Okay. Well, I get there, obviously. <laughs> no, no, they've 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 built another one. They're back. Um, but it used to be it was basically a little terraced house up in um wherever it was, Ligon Street there. And they built a theatre in what was, I guess, originally the lounge room or the kitchen or something. And I went and saw an amazing performance there, which was um I'm digressing seriously. You're gonna go with this or just edit it out? I'll just go with it. (laughs) (laughs) An amazing performance. It was like a a two-handed piece. And basically, you've you've seen Godfather, yes? Yes, a long time ago. All right. You're remembering Godfather. There's a movie producer they want to influence. And so they cut off his horse's head and put it in his bed. Yes, I remember that. Everyone remembers that. Well, this is... They made a two-hander play about the, the two guys who get tasked with cutting off the horse's head and putting it in its bed. And it's, it's just the conversation of these guys trying to work out, firstly, the logistics of it, and secondly, the ethics of it. So, what, are the, what has the horse done? <laughs> All right, but that's... So, so I digress. Um, but it was such a good show that I was swept up in it. And, and, and afterwards, at the end... I stood up to give a like a standing round of applause, and standing up, I meant like my nose was about three inches away from the uh, the actor, <laughs> just there, clapping in his face. He, he he was feeling the wind off my hands, and it's that that intimacy of live performance, whether it be theatre or music, um, that when you are at a live gig, you are part of the gig. You are part of the experience. Um, and performance pick up on that. Like if mm. you're, there's, um, all performance is, is exchange of energy. And if you're in a room and it's a dead room, it's really hard to, to, to push that uphill. 
Um, but if you're in a room and, and, and people are, uh, are enjoying it, getting into it, moving um, and, you know, like locking eyes with you and you, you feel that and that comes back tenfold. So, I mean, Melbourne audiences are a bit famous for um, standing there with their arms crossed and uh, maybe rocking on their toes a little bit. But if you have an audience that moves, that you, if if you're in an audience and if you move, that energy you give the band will come back tenfold. Mm. So go see live music and don't be afraid to let them know you're enjoying it. No, it's the best feeling going to live music. Much better than watching it on a Facebook story or a news feed. Like everyone's like, I'll just watch it at home. I'm like. You've got to be there to experience it, especially if it's a very well-known band that's come to Australia. It's much better there supporting them than oh, watching no. it. Fuck them. <laughs> Honestly, sorry, you might have to bleep that. Honestly, oh, no, no, no. I no, mean, it's... listen, Pearl, Pearl Jammer coming out, 230 bucks for a ticket. How much for a Taylor Swift? Oh, my God. Yeah. Go see your local bands. Like I, I paid fifteen bucks last night, and I saw three bands. Fifteen bucks for three bands. That's five bucks each for each band, and and two of the bands had five people in it. So put put your money put your money where it counts. You know, like fucking get out there and 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 get on get on the um, the bottom floor. Go see them before they're cool. I think people, and I've said this to several people, and I don't know how we fix it, Pat, though. I think people would much rather pay 230 bucks for one band and then whinge about they couldn't see them. They were a blur up in the nosebleed. And you think, why don't you pay $230 worth of tickets a year to local gigs instead? Yeah. Why, why don't? Because... Because... People like to be told what they like. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's it. And you might not know what you like. What you think you like might not be what you like. In the last two weeks, I've been seeing um, I've seen the fiddle player, the uh, the bad news gospel. Hello, Tony. Um, and uh, the, the the week before that, I went to see um, a mate of mine, uh, DJ Francis with Wolves. And he was spinning um, all kinds of crazy, like, post-punk vinyl. Um, and then, like, halfway through his set, this posse of guys in, like, camouflage parachute gear um, with, like, shorn heads and, and sunglasses barged in, kicked him off the decks and started playing some crazy foul-mouthed German techno and, uh, like, rapping over the top of it in I assume it was German um, I'm not entirely sure but it made for a crazy thing <laughs> I guarantee that much um, but this kind of stuff like there is there is wild stuff happening in the bars in Melbourne I don't, I don't know about the rest of Australia like I, I was up in Sydney for a little bit and I, I found it hard to find the same kind of stuff happening um but certainly melbourne we got such a rich rich culture um and we've got the word parochialism is used in a bit of a negative context it's kind of like 
you know, I'm, I'm happier in my backyard and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to peek over the fence. But the other side of parochialism is really loving the stuff that is growing in your backyard and supporting it, nurturing it, watering it, and then eating the fruits. Yes. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's great to see what is coming out of this country right at the moment, not being biased, but in particular here in Victoria at the moment. I think the music that's coming out of um, Victoria in general, you've got Trash and the Treasures, you've got The Deadbeats, you've got This Sinking Ship, you've got yeah. Forklift Assassins who are on tomorrow, of hey, course. Hey, the Forkies. <laughs> Um, Ocean Sleeper, there's... I can't believe yeah, just... you put me on before the forkies. That's just out of order, mate. <laughs> I like what Michael posted, though. He goes, I'll oh, listen to Pat because he's funny because we're not or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just proved himself wrong in his own sentence, didn't he? That guy, we, we, we learned a lot from Michael. Um, he's, he's an absolute treasure of a man, and he is like a nexus point of the um, the underground Melbourne community. He was, <laughs> I'll tell you what, here's, here's the story. So I can't remember where we were playing. It, it might have been a whole lot of love. I'm not sure where it was. But I think he he must be the, uh, the, uh, the first person who arrived in an audience <laughs> Who wasn't a, a blood family member or obligated <laughs> through 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 work or friendship to actually be there? He was the first random who turned up, and he was just standing there with his arms crossed, grinning. And he went, "I like you, boys. We're going to play together." <laughs> and we certainly have. He's he's an absolute gorgeous man. He 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 understands um, the 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 difference. Um, well, he understands the concept of a scene, which is something that gets talked a lot about on in sort of punk circles. Is like you can either have a band, or you can you can have you can have bands, or you can have a scene. And a scene is where bands support each other, promote each other, go to each other's gigs, talk about each other's music, um, and that's really we. We really cottoned on to that concept through uh, through Mike and the Forkies, um, and we've we've tried to keep up our end of the bargain. I always, every time I go and see a show, or <laughs> as many shows as I go to, I always try to take a take a little bit of a clip of their music. I put it up on on the the Trash and the Treasure uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. You can find us there, folks. Um, put up a little clip and just say, hey, here's this person, uh, here's this band, and here's where we saw them. Because um, the the bands are important and the venues are important as well. And uh, the, the big saying that um, I keep reeling off is that the rising tide lifts all boats. So the more people that the forklifts get to go, get off their asses and go out on a Friday night and see them play, the more inclined those people are to come out and see the trash and the treasures one night as well. So we're, we're, you know, we're never jealous when we see a band uh, that we know doing well, like Deadbeats. My God, Deadbeats. The last time I saw Deadbeats, we played with them. We had an awesome gig with them. They were in a, uh, a <laughs> it was literally a piss up in a brewery. 
um, they, they had a gig at, um, I wish I could remember the name. It was actually like a distillery, um, something bare. They, they make all their own whiskies and whatnot. Um, so we went to a gig there. Um, and then the next time I saw them, they were, we, we went and saw uh, Pennywise play. And uh, me and a mate of mine, Chris. Hello, Chris. And the Deadbeats turned up. Chris and I, were, we're, we're sort of like, um, we're, we're north of 40 now. And we were in a, a nice little seat. Um, Chelsea Hotel, do you know the place? I've heard of Chelsea Hotel, yes. Yeah, I haven't been there, bro. <laughs> there's a, a convenient raised section with a steel bar separating it from the mosh pit, which is where Chris and I were sitting with our beers. And the last time we saw the Deadbeats, they turned up, <laughs> had a chat, said hello, take some photos, and then just got engulfed into the mosh pit, went in with elbows and knees flailing. Um <laughs> And that was that was Pennywise gig, and and uh, the next thing I know, they're supporting them. So you know, <laughs> fuck yeah, more power to your arm. That's that's awesome. They, I love that. They've had a huge twelve months deadbeats because they supported Strung Out as well, and then Pennywise. Mm. And the last twelve months, that's huge for them, and they're good blokes, as you said. Oh yeah, they're a lovely bunch, a lovely bunch, and they do their own merch and everything as well. They're, you know, they they got that that. Punkies DIY thing where they, you know, they make their own T-shirts um, and they've got funny T-shirts as well. I've got one at home. But it says, um, oh, Jesus, what is it? Musicians play rock and roll. If you can't play rock and roll, play punk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good statement, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, I think punk's one of those genres you can never get sick of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> punk. I, I, I like. I, I follow the the, the forums and, and whatnot. Like, uh, I don't know the Reddit groups and all the rest of it. Hello, hello, Reddit punk forum. <laughs> but punk is in this like crazy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's almost this this like open uh, open wound. Therapy slash Jerry Springer episode of What is Punk? Oh, <laughs> it's like, it's, I, I think, I, I reckon, okay, I, I'm going to say my bit here so that I can get, um, the, so I can bring on the vitriol. I think at this point, the answer to the question, what is punk, is asking yourself what is punk i think that is what punk is <laughs> punk is trying to decide what punk is i think that's that's basically basically what it is <laughs> but but of course <laughs> they, um the, the 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 diy thing is um is of course the the the, the very essence of it and mm -hmm. you, the the guys kicking around melbourne at the moment like whether they can whether they have like punk rhythms or punk beats or whatnot, like I, I have a pretty inclusive idea of what punk is, and it, it is for me um, people doing it, just getting out there and doing it, despite the fact nobody seems interested to turn up. They're doing it because they have to, and they're using the things around them and 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 cooperating with the people around them to make it happen um, because they have to. It's some weird chemical imbalance that they've got to get up there and make the music. <laughs> oh, 
Well, the, the, we've literally covered so many bases in the first 31 minutes. I felt like it's... <laughs> is there anything left to talk about? No, I'm, no, I'm joking. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I felt like we've plugged every band in Victoria punk-wise and we've talked about a lot of venues and Godfather um, quotes <laughs> and... Getting close to the actors, it's yeah, this has really turned a corner with podcast interviews because we haven't even asked Pat a question yet. So that's no. the... <laughs> I'm not I'm not big on questions. <laughs> oh, my God. oh this is just like a Saturday afternoon chit chat despite being in two different places obviously <laughs> ringwood and warrigal aren't exactly next door but yeah yeah it's, it's warrigal you're in i was trying to yeah I, I was trying to remember where you like i know you're like um you're like the deep sea voyager you like there's um you 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 see your your good face appear in a crowd and you 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 just know that this guy has traveled further than anyone else in the audience to see you play for what demented reason we have no idea, but you make these journeys, <laughs> these pilgrimages to the, to the Mecca of, of Melbourne sticky carpet dive pass, <laughs> wail against the wall of noise. <laughs> Well, I could use that for generally 95% of the time, Pat, but on Thursday night, yeah, I wasn't actually the person that travelled the furthest because one of the bands was from Taralgan. So it's wow. just like, once <laughs> for once, it's not me having to travel the furthest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. that's. I mean, that's something Trashies have been remiss in is that um, getting on the road, Man, it is so hard to get, you know, four or five people together and, and, and head out somewhere. And, you know, I've got a hell of a lot of respect for, you know, the, the, the Forkies have done Tasmania and gone up the East Coast and everything. And I've, that's that's awesome. Um, the farthest we went, we went to Nagambia. <laughs> that's, that's a fair way, actually, come to think of it. Yeah, it was. And it was, I mean, it was a really, we, we had to be there at eight o'clock in the morning. So it was like, like un, un musician hours of tra of travel, I'll tell you that much. Um, but the thing was, we got invited. It was so weird. Um, for some reason, people enjoy listening to trashies while jogging. Um, okay. For what reason, I am not entirely sure. But we've we've ended up on a couple of quite popular uh, jogging and like gym playlists. Um. And so somehow or other, an, an organizer of a, a marathon or a park marathon in the Gambia that goes between the vineyards there um, reached out and went, hey, do you want to be entertainment for our marathon? Um, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was it was this surreal experience where there was it's like it was like a proper stage set up and good, you know, good sound and all the rest of it, and they're all like food trucks and and children's entertainment and whatnot, and we were right behind the finish line, 
And <laughs> so we just kind of opened up and hit them with like Eddie Riot. <laughs> full door bunker like <laughs> the looks we were getting like I don't I don't think anyone's ever turned around and run away from the finish line in a marathon before <laughs> 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 there's like, like little kids there with ice cream cones sort of like standing there staring up at the stage going what is going on um <laughs> But so we we just we just went with it, you know. It was such a surreal experience, and we just, you know, I, I cut a couple of swears out of my lyrics so we didn't upset the little kids too much. And we actually got we got some some kids up on stage. They are our backup singers during Boots. Um, if you if you've ever seen Boots played live, you'll know there's like a bit of a crowd participation element to it. So we got a, a little trio of kids up who are, who are up there yelling Boots. Bag! <laughs> <laughs> Lunch. <laughs> yeah, and they they, they all got a trashy's badge each. So we've, um, you know, their their futures are ruined now. It's just, <laughs> they peaked really early, having been on stage with the trashies <laughs> for a marathon in the Gambi. <laughs> something to tell the grandkids. <laughs> I tell you, what, I, I I sat on a tram once next to Jason Donovan, and that's what got me where I am today. So, um, you know, this is this is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> they could be the next <laughs> trash, <laughs> next <laughs> trash blues punk superstars. You never know. Oh, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in the Gabby where. Um, trash and the Trevors <laughs> treasures were at the finish line, belting out Eddie Ryan, and the, just the face on everyone would be like, "What in blue hell is going on here?" Well, I mean, and the craziest thing was, um, we were uh, th there was another band there called the um, the, the Falconeers, who are they're, they're a great um, cover band from sort of Knox region, not so far away from us, um, and. Yeah, there's, so the organizers are like, all right, so, you know, it's like a four-hour day, whatever. Um, so just um, alternate and uh, play two sets each. Um, and the Falconeers have gone, well, we've got a completely different stage setup to you guys. So why don't we just play two sets in a row? And we were like, but <laughs> we've only got a 45-minute set. So... <laughs> I mean, you guys are right. You can just keep covering other songs. We've only got so much material, and they said, "Well, that's all right." There's people there, like it's it's you know the 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 people are running between the different wineries, so you'll only have you know the by the time you finish your set, they'll be halfway to the next winery, and you'll have the next group here. But what they didn't count on was that all of the like the grandparents who are minding the kids. They were all stuck at the first winery. So oh, no. <laughs> 45 minutes of trashies, a half hour apiece, and then we were back on again with the same shit, <laughs> same songs. They're probably thinking, how long is when's the next part over? Give us. <laughs> they, they all knew the lyrics. <laughs> 
You know what's going to happen now, Pat? They're probably going to be in a karaoke bar somewhere in <laughs> Victoria, belting out boots or the hangman or something, and you'd be like, they're getting onto the gist of um, singing karaoke of Trashy. That's... That's, that, is my, that is my goal in life, is to see someone... My my goal in life is to see someone doing trashies at the karaoke. That's I might actually I might actually make up a karaoke mix and send it into to Charlton's or I don't think Charlton's is around anymore. Whatever grubby karaoke bars are still up and running. Um, I yeah. certainly need a lot of alcohol and a lot of um, pushing to get up and do some karaoke because my voice is not. Good when it's sober. I need alcohol to do it. You you don't need you don't need a good voice to do Not that. I mean... <laughs> oh, I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you. Giving me an idea. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just losing you a bit there. Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah, I can still hear you, Pat. All right. Okay. Very good. I, I I'll tell you a story about someone else doing doing your music. I went to um for my birthday present, um, my my missus who was very supportive, um and uh yeah Rad hello out there. <laughs> you're you're not as bad as this makes you sound. Um, but I mean people say that they're their own worst critic. That's that's not my that's not my situation. So anyway, Red gave me a, um, a a voice coaching lesson for my birthday, an introductory type thing um, with Vox School of Music, who, who are awesome. Hello, Vox. Um, and I went out. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I lost you. Um, well, no, no, I'm still here. So, so I went I went to Vox and he went, so what are you interested in doing? And I said, well, actually, I'm in a band. We do our own stuff. And. I'm due to record uh, something. And at the time, we're about to go in and record uh, Tapping the Admiral, which, if, if you know that one, it's a, it's a sea shanty about um, when Admiral Nelson was shot um, in, the, 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 in the last moments of the battle where he defeated the French. Um, they, they needed to take his body back to London for a state funeral. Um, so they pickled him in a... Hello? 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 Yeah. Hello. I had someone someone called on my phone while you were uh, yeah. What 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 did we get to? Where were we at? Uh, we were talking about the tapping the admiral, and you had a um oh, yeah. for your birthday or something along those lines. Yeah. So I got this um 
Are we recording? Are we live? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pre recorded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maintain an illusion of live. It gives it some edge. Um, <laughs> so, so I went, so um, I was in the room with this, this singing coach um, for Vox. I can't remember his name, but he was brilliant. And, and he's like, oh, so what's your song? And I said, oh, well, this is it. So tap, tapping the Admiral and it's about them pickling, pickling Ad, Admiral Nelson's body in a barrel so they could take him home to London when he was shot in the uh, shot by the French. Um, and he, he read the lyrics and I played some of the music which I had pre-recorded and he was like, oh, great. Well, give me a shot at this. And he just sung the song in the most beautiful, syrupy, strong, like Jean Valjean type, um, you know, uh, a voice. And it, it sounded like, like Gilbert and Sullivan or, or Les Mis or something. And I was like, Ooh. Holy hell! This song is so much better than me. <laughs> I'm this cracked vessel trying to carry this precious liquid. Um, and he went, "I don't know where I can sing it like you as well." And then he just like, like in a split second, just put this like gruff filter over his voice, and and he was like in pirate pirate mode. Um, I say, like, oh man, I got so far to go. <laughs> I'm just gonna huddle in my little niche corner and do my thing for a bit. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's sometimes you just gotta stand there and just go, wow. And that sounds like one of those moments. Yeah, yeah. But look, um, full invite if. If you're out there and and you want to do a a version of the Trash and the Treasures song and sing it better than me, sweeter than me, I would love that. I'd love to hear it. Chuck it up on on Insta, What's It or TikTok Aruni and CC us in. Let us know it's happening because that would be that's my absolute dream is to um, to hear a cover of our music. That would be awesome. Well, everything's now on TikTok, YouTube. I mean, it, 20 years ago, we didn't have TikTok. We didn't have YouTube, Instagram, anything like that. How no. the world has changed. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. The world, I mean, the world changes. People were pretty upset when disco appeared. <laughs> sampling. Everyone thought the world was over when there was sampling. The world just keeps changing. That's all right. <laughs> Just keep, keep rolling with it or it'll roll over you. <laughs> I think um, I hate to bring up the word we mentioned at the start, but I think if anything's taught us the last four years with COVID, I mean, nothing stays the same forever. So, No. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah, sorry, um, you, were go you were going somewhere with there. I just did. That was a, that was a, that was a COVID breath. That was yes. a, oh, well, here we, we go. Keep coming back to that C word. Let's get off the C word. Enough of that shit already. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, all right. Well, it's three quarters of an hour in, which is hard to believe. I won't ask too many hard hitting questions, but what has the response been like for books? What do you mean by response? Like, what's the old, <laughs> sorry, like, how has it been, like, I'm trying to think of the word, 
How has it been received is probably the word. Like, are people enjoying it? Um, yeah, well, look, it's, it goes down really well live. Uh, we usually put it in about three quarters into the set where the, the general bewilderment that sort of accompanies us beginning our set is kind of people are, are in on the joke a little by then, I guess, or, or into it or have left. Uh, so Boots Boots is great because it's um, it seems very simplistic, but there's actually some fairly complicated algorithms on on how the, the chorus goes together. So there's there's really only, you know, got got my bag, got my lunch, got my boots. But um, those three items are never actually repeated in the same order throughout the chorus. Um, so it's this idea that everyone joins in, uh, but <laughs> every time the line is sung, it's in a different order, which fucks people up. It's wonderful. Um, so we have a, we have a lot of fun with it on stage and we get like half shouting, you know, like half the stage louder than the other and whatnot, you know, which is, you know, if we've got three people in one corner of the room and two people in the other corner, the two people lose every time. <laughs> <laughs> and and my dad shouts really loud so you know mum's corner always loses um no look it's we've we've, we've actually it, it's gone down really well um i had a great I, I don't know if you've seen there's this guy in canada uh he's an mc called king canada um and he's his like side side hustle hobby type thing is he does uh, those reaction videos, which let's just forget. I was taking the piss out of reaction videos before. Um, you should watch his because he's supported us uh, and he's doing his thing and he's loving it. But basically, um, you just send your music into him and and he listens to it. And a lot of it is um, you know like pretty heavy. Uh, sort of rap stuff and, and a bit of heavy metal and whatnot. And we sent him in boots. And his reaction was so immediate and flabbergasted that I actually took some screenshots and put them up on Facebook. Because he was... <laughs> it, it was kind of like... It was almost like stages of grief. <laughs> it was... Probably, like, bang for buck, the best reactions that, <laughs> that I've seen anyone have on one of those shows. Um, oh, 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 and his, uh, his, his, his review at the end of it was, he said it sounded like uh, Lemmy from Motorhead in a Cheech and Chong film. <laughs> That's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Which is, I guess, the the American interpretation of, of what um, you know, trash and the treasures is all about. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Some of those uh, reviews or some of those quotes you hear when a band releases a song and someone puts up a review or something, some of them you just like, where did they come up with that? Like... Well, I, I it's it's strange because everyone. Everyone brings their, their their own influences to making music, and everyone brings their own influences as filters when they listen to music. Um, and it's like I've just been watching this 
crazy thing it's it's on abc it's called mccartney 321 um and it's uh paul mccartney and rick rubin and they're diving into the beatles back catalogs but they got the master tapes and they're stripping everything back and listening to individual instruments and things like especially the bass being mccartney um and you know there's these finding you know oh this is a bit like this but that's very that's that's not what the rest of the song is like um i'm not expressing this very well but i guess what i'm saying is that uh, people everyone comes to your music with their own experiences their own influences and their own likes and things um, and they hear those things in your music those are the bits that that you know uh, are attached to the magnet they have within themselves. Um, so they hear this, like like my mate Coz, who said, oh, you, you sound like Clutch. Um, and someone else said, oh, you sound like like Dr. Feelgood, like a, an old uh, like British band. Um, and someone else, John John Spencer, uh, Blues Explosion. Like everyone has their, their own, um, pulls their own part out of it. Uh, oh, I've talked myself into a circle here. Help me out. Where are we at? Uh, talking about the reaction video or boots. Oh, yeah, the reaction to boots. I think people um, either like it or hate it or didn't bother listening to it. I think those are the three reactions. I don't think anyone's really indifferent to boots. It's a fairly... If you don't like it, it's pretty much an assault on your senses because it jumps very quickly out of the gate um yeah. it's we've got a couple of songs but boots is really the one where usually you let the you know the bass and guitar go around a couple of times before the lyrics come in um boots doesn't have time for that it goes straight into the chorus straight away um it's it, it is a song of the present where nobody has time for an introduction in a like a 30 second uh instagram culture you you gotta you gotta start with a car chase and then you know then um you know accelerate from there and grabbing the audience within 20 to well probably five to ten seconds of a song is very important and i think with boots with the chorus at the start it's really grabbing the attention of the people listening to it. Well, it's a great filter. I mean, some of these things, like uh, I think uh, YouTube shows you, oh, this is devastating, man. This is uh, this is what um, the, the feedback that musicians get these days that I, I don't think has ever been had before in history. If YouTube will show you a graph at what point people stop listening to your clip. Oh, no. <laughs> And three seconds, man, if you can get past three seconds, you're doing well. Really? What? Yeah. Oh, well, no, hang on. I don't, this isn't, this isn't other people, Sam. You're scrolling. How long do you stay on something when you're scrolling? How many things do you flick past before you settle on something? Yeah. It depends, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe four or five, depending on you know what sort of mood I'm in and what YouTube is telling me to like. Okay, yeah, you, 
all right, yeah, I could see the three seconds now. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, like you've, um, it, it's phenomenal. I, I think you can probably, I don't know if you need to have like a musician account. You can probably do it with any of your clips. It's really interesting. Go into the graph and watch how, how long people watch of your clip and then go back and see how much of your thing they have consumed and whether that which they have consumed actually sums up what the rest of it's about. Um, yeah, it's we're, we're, we're living in a new age. It's, um, it's a strange thing. So, you know, for us, it's, it's a pretty good filter having, having Boots start with anyone who makes it through the first five seconds of Boots um, is going to dig the rest of the song. Mm. Um, it's, it's saying exactly what it's going to say up front. If you if you're not there for the first five seconds, you're gonna hate the next I don't know minute and a half of it. So you know <laughs> it's 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 truth and advertising. It it does exactly what it says on the label of the can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely have listened to Boots more than five seconds. I've listened to it <laughs> quite a few times. I actually listened to it before this chat, as I do with all the podcast guests because i don't want to be that person that says oh i love your music and then get a question or something and they go oh what do you like about it if you haven't listened to it you're screwed just saying good point what do you like about it <laughs> what do i like about it what do i like about boots i think it's the grab I think what you've said about the chorus, got my bag, got my lunch, got my boots. I think <laughs> any song that starts with the chorus, it draws me in straight away. I don't know why, it just does. Yeah. I, we, we, call it, um, we call it morning music. The idea was we thought it was going to go crazy on breakfast radio, and I'm a bit sad that, that nobody really took a punt on it because I've had the thing that, that people – people say is that they'll go to one of our shows and the next morning they're getting ready to go out the door to work and they get this got my bag got my lunch got my boots <laughs> well, <that's good. laughs> it was just <laughs> rolling over and over in their head and I was like so we thought like wouldn't it be great if it just became this like you know like this this wake up if it if if it just if it just hit 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 a vein and became, you know, something that that morning DJs played at around, you know, seven in the morning when people are getting ready for work, um, but it yeah that that didn't happen so that's all right it'll you know, <laughs> no, I reckon those who love it love it. <laughs> reckon what would be really funny is sort of similar to what you're saying, Pat, but someone's alarm clock once it goes off it goes got my bag got my boots <laughs> and it's like if you don't hit um stop it just keeps playing it just keeps going <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it'll certainly get you out of bed yeah <laughs> i remember the <laughs> I remember um, I was staying over at a friend's place and I was sleeping out in the lounge and someone had forgotten to turn the CD player off. This is how old this is. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it kept repeating "Let It Go" by from Frozen, 
over and over <laughs> at night. I was just like, I reckon it played over about 50 times in $1. It's just like, oh, my God. It's just... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that is, yeah. <laughs> the alarm clock. I think that's a. Um... I'll, I'll tell you what. As that 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 particular it was like, was it Demi Lovato did that one? Um, I had um, that. That used to be my my um, campfire trick. Was that uh, I'd pull out a pull out an acoustic guitar, which. And if you've ever had the misfortune of me play acoustic guitar, I'm like I'm all thumbs, and <laughs> it's 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 a pretty brutal uh, brutal experience. But uh, yeah, I'd play guitar and say, "Oh, how about some Johnny Cash?" <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, I love Johnny Cash." The snow falls white on the mountains tonight. <laughs> Just, <laughs> the look of horror and disgust when people work out what's going on is just magic. Absolute magic. <laughs> Not a footstep to be seen. <laughs> it's a kingdom of isolation. And it looks like I'm the queen. <laughs> Oh my god, Sam. Oh, so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> this is as much entertainment as I've ever had. Yeah. Oh my god. Far out, Sam. Now, were you at were you at um the boogeyman gig you were at? Was that the one when the one and only time that we played Confide in Me? <laughs> I'm trying to think back because it was Trash and the Treasures, Forklift Assassins, and there was another band. I reckon this was sort of around October, November 2022. I might have my dates wrong, Pat. Yeah. But... It might have been uh, might have been the Ians who are on after. Yes, it was the Ians, actually. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're, they're a great uh, gold teeth. Awesome, awesome song. Um the Ian's are like surf rock Chuck Berry filtered through Nirvana and the Vines. They are they are freaking wild men. They are awesome. And uh yeah, uh, the Ian's are that's a whole another conversation. Like that guy I finished the show by jumping up and down on his electric guitar. Um, <laughs> and then and then after the show they were the, the two of them were huddled around a little little crack in the stage and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I've dropped my pick down there. Oh. And it's like, dude, you're just jumping up and down on top of your fucking guitar. What like how much did the pick cost? <laughs> you can have one of my picks. <laughs> pick is easily replaced instead of jumping yeah. up and down on his electric guitar. Yeah, and then, and then, right, wait for it. And then the next show we play with him, he's like, oh, my guitar's in the shop. Can I borrow yours? Oh, come on. <laughs> he said, I swear to God. And Al, Al, guitar, Al Treasure, our guitarist at the time, he lent him his guitar. I'm like, Al. Did you see how he finishes the show? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think... 
it was it was very respectful of Al's guitar. There was there was none of that. He didn't even hop on it. It was <laughs> but, but but Al did have his heart in his teeth the whole the whole time. But the Ian's they're 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 coming back. They had they had a bit of a, a um a, a bit of a rest. They're back and they've got they're making video clips and they've they've spanned it out. There's about five of them now and yeah, check out the Ian's if you get a chance. They're, they will you will not be um not be disappointed. They're my favorite bipolar pirates. They're they're good. And Mr. Boogie Man Bar, I reckon, is a hidden gem of the old um, Melbourne music venues. I think because it's a lot smaller than generally a lot of the other venues in Melbourne or the suburbs. I think it just, yeah, it's got a good vibe about it every time it's been there. Not that it's been there much, obviously. Uh, we love it. Um, yeah. It's got it's got an amazing sound system. Um, I'm not sure of the brand or anything, but the way it's set up, it is so loud in there that, I mean, I, I wear earplugs while we're playing. <laughs> it is, it is amazing. Like it is, uh, it's like, it, it's it's absolute pure Melbourne rock and roll in there. It's um, it's a really good joint. It's family run. Um, they they film your gig. They send you a video and a recording of your gig afterwards, which is really nice. We actually used some footage that they'd filmed of our gig in our latest video clip. So thank you, Mr. Boogeyman, for that. Um, and it's just it's just a really good time in there. Every time you you turn up, it's like I don't know. It it's kind of like going back to your parents' place. <laughs> when you wander in the door, you know, hey, yeah, Pat, how you doing? Sit down, have a beer. How's things? They got. We gave them. Um, we gave them a bottle opener <laughs> when we played there once. I did these novelty bottle opener things that I gave away to uh, to the bars, and, and <laughs> they're, 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 every time there's on the counter, oh, here you go, open a beer with it. And um, I don't know. I, I have a really there's there's a there's a very soft soft place in my heart for Mr. Boogeyman Bar. Um, yeah, lovely place. Uh, and good location too. Like it's very easy to get to, whether you drive or public transport. Like it's a two-minute yeah. walk from Collingwood Station, if that. It's yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, and 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 for us, we we're out east. You, you know, the freeway pretty much spits you out on their doorstep. There's always parking. Um, we we hang our banner from the pedestrian overpass. <laughs> Over. Over Punt Road there, which is pretty good advertising. <laughs> well, how many people would drive under like past that bridge a day on yeah. average? I don't know how many, but it'd be a fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great little bar. It, it, it's real rock and roll, and it's. Uh, I mean, I've actually been going there for for years and years and years. It used to be called. Um, like Yak Speakeasy about 25 years ago, um, back when like Stork and Molly Molotov were there, and it's always been it's always been strange and anarchic, um, uh, anarchistic. Um, it, it, it's always been a good time, um, but the, the the current current owners in there at the moment they're they're absolute sweethearts. And it's always, always a good night to play there or, or just go there. 
it's like it's it's basically for me it's if i'm going home from the city um i always slow down when i'm driving past and see if the lights are on i'll go in there and have a beer and say hello to everyone see what's going on um because it's always good times because mm. it get them more like I think the last time I've been there was that gig with Ian's forklift assassins and trash and treasures, which was yeah, mm. 18 months ago. So it's a long time. Yeah, too long. You'll have to, um, you'll have to get out there. Yeah. Seem to be going to like Bergie and Last Chance and that more than anywhere else. It's like, I've got to get back to these venues that I used to get out to. And Mr. Boogeyman Bar is one of them I need to start going to. Yeah. Well, I've, I've cool. All right, my secret shame, Bergie. I haven't been to yet, so um, that's uh, that's one on my list. It's it's an interesting dynamic, Bergie, because like I like the idea of a beer garden out the back, but the strange mm. thing about Bergie, and this isn't really a negative, it's just difference in the way you actually go into the venue to the live music area because you go down this corridor and then you come out at this oh, area. Oh, hang on. You, d- you did this bit in your last interview. Yeah, yeah it's the corridor one. Right, yeah. okay. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit, I love Bergie. I just think it's a, it feels like you're going for surgery or something when you go to this. <laughs> <laughs> and, look, I, it's, I'm not bagging it. I love that place and the stuff were always great, but it's like, all right, where's the surgeon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> As long as, they've, as, as long as they've got a suitable anaesthetic. <laughs> and a backless gown, that's important as well. Because it, it just, I, when I first went there, I'm just like, they're like, I'll just go down to the left and the stage is there. I'm like, which left? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is a nice venue, Bergie. But um, yeah, if... Don't be surprised if um, a lot of people are like, where the hell is the stage? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it's on my list. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone. I can't even remember who it was at a gig, and they said um, Bergy Band Room's booked out until June for bands to play. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the bookers really line them up. Mm. Um and we had that, you know, every band goes through cycles of being gig ready. Like you, you have a cycle where you'll be like working on getting the album out and then promoting that and then writing new stuff and whatnot. And it's, you know, you, you're not always ready to play gigs. And then when you are, you really, really want to play gigs. Like you got, you know, there's a hunger in you. And you, you'll turn up and you'll be like, ah, okay, so, you know, we want to play, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, okay, well, we've got something in three, three and a half, four months' time. <laughs> but I want it now. <laughs> now. I'm ready now. <laughs> Not then. That'll be a different me. <laughs> now me wants to play. <laughs> it's like, can you just say to the band on the lineup, just, um, change it. Just let them go on to the next bill and trash and the treasures jump off this one. No. Well and well I mean that's 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 the saviour because you know 
bands being bands are all bloody hopeless and we always have to drop out of gigs. So you just, you know, you put your name, you put your name down. You're like, all right, all right. You're booked. You're booked for three months. Call us when you need us. huh? <laughs> Someone's going to drop out on you. We know it. <laughs> oh, I reckon that should be a festival, I reckon. Uh, of the last two years, say, the bands that have pulled out of gigs all on the one lineup. I reckon that'd be a pretty promising lineup of bands. <laughs> You'd have to be a brave promotion promoter to book that gig, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure brave is even the right word. No. <laughs> but, um, no, it's, yeah. These things happen, though, in music. Like, people get COVID or they've double-booked themselves and they have to yeah. pull out, obviously. It happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking the bait on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking the bait. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so, anyway, favorite song to perform live, Pat. Say, say again, sorry. Sorry, favorite song to perform live. Uh, it it does change. Um, it's always your new one. You always want to know, you know, when you've been sweating away on something in the. Um, in the, the the secret location, um, you always want to know how how that song will uh, evolve when you blood it, you know, when you you make its bones and and play it in front of a live audience, how people react. Um, so, for me at the moment, we've got a song called A Woo, um, which you won't find on any of your streaming services because we haven't recorded it yet. No. Um, but it's um, it's a song for dancing to, um, and I'm really excited at the moment about um, getting people up and dancing with our music. Um, we love people moshing. Um, we 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 love people dancing even better. Um, where you know, <laughs> um, bopping up and down on your toes with your arms crossed. Well, it's nice to see some movement, but <laughs> nobody's really enjoying that. And it's, it, you know, your hamstrings are going to hurt at the end of the night. <laughs> you're much better just cutting a rug and you know, maybe if you're lucky, someone will take you home. <laughs> but um, a woo, I love. It's, um, it, it's really cool. We had to... Um, I don't know if I should admit to this. We'll probably end up sued. Um, but I went and saw a guy called Bill Barber, who's uh, an amazing musician, um, blues guy. And I'd seen him play on the... Um, or in fact, Neil and I saw him play. Neil Treasure, our drummer, um, saw him play on the blues train doing a like a solo blues storyteller type thing. And he's an amazing guy. Young guy from... I think he's up from Bendigo Way. Big music scene up in Bendigo. Um, and I saw him play and, and, and he was great. And so he was booked as another solo show in Belgrave at the 12 bar. And I went, Oh, great. I'll, um, you know, I'll go see him, see him play. And I turned up and 
even though he was booked as a solo act, he bought like a five-person band with him called The Holding Cell. And these guys just tore the fucking roof off the place. It was insane. So good. And they played a, a cover of a song um, called um, Shake Your Hips, which, um, I mean, ZZ Top have done it and, um, you know, Rolling Stones have done a cover. Um, but it's, um, it's just got an amazing beat in it. And I went, oh, man, I love that beat. We've got to do something with something like that. Not that. We're not doing, you know, we don't really do covers, but something with that, that drive and energy that just gets everyone. Hello. Let's, um, yeah. like, pushes is with crowd. And getting so, yeah. people uh, away from the arms and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, everyone. I don't know when when you choose to participate, and dancing and moving is is participation. It's really hard to, it's really hard to do it first, like. Nobody like when you get a when you band the band's up on stage and like, all oh, right, okay, well now it's time for some crowd participation. I want this side of the audience. And you're like, oh god, not this. No, I don't want to do this. Um, that's that's my first reaction anyway. But if you can push through that and actually do it, at the end of it, you're like, wow, I had a nice time. That was nice. Uh, which is so much human nature, you know. Like you you don't want to like. Well, I'm here to watch you. I'm not here to do anything. But it's it's an interchange of energy. And if you can get people up and dancing and, and moving around and interchanging energy. And if you do it yourself when you're in the audience, you feel better afterwards. Everyone does. So, um, Yeah, we like people to dance. That's important. I feel like I'm sort of one of those people that actually needs to start doing a bit more dancing and moshing because I, th- I feel like I'm always the one on the outside looking in at gigs because everyone else is in the mosque and I'm at the back. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, Sam, you're, you're uh, to an extent, you're, um, you're looking at things through a lens as well because you're there, you, you review and, you know, um, you're, you're looking at it uh, for, from an a- analytical eye a bit, um, rather than than a as a punter um but yeah it's get it getting involved is uh, i was letting you off the hook there that's all right you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> now i think ben's gonna take notes next set gig we see sam at he's, if he doesn't mosh we're gonna make yeah. him mosh. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story i never i i never i came to i came to music really late in life and i came to dancing uh, really late in life as well. But I came to dancing a little bit earlier and it was at the second uh, Rainbow Serpent Festival I went to, um, which is very different to Trash and the Treasures, uh, but uh, music all the same. And the first one I went to, I didn't have a very nice time because I spent a lot of time <laughs> standing with my arms crossed going, is this, do I like this music? I don't know if I like this music or not. Can I dance? Could I dance to this one? Do I like this? I don't know. Um, and the it was the music was like a like a chemical warfare assault on me over four days and, and nights, and I didn't have a great time. And for some reason, I decided. But I loved like 
I loved the um, the festival itself and and the people and and everyone having fun. So I went back, and the next I made a rule for myself the time I went back is I am not going to decide whether I like the music or not before I dance. If I hear any rhythmic sound, whether it be a DJ playing the most horrendous music imaginable or somebody like putting in a tent peg, if there's a rhythm. I'm going to try and dance to it. And that's pretty much been my philosophy ever since. I don't try and decide whether I like something before I participate in it. And so I'll, I'll dance to anything. Um, and it's brought such joy into my life. And now I find myself on stage over 40 dancing in front of crowds. Um, and that's weird for me because that, for me, that was like if you wanted to take, say, me in my 20s and extract some um, secret government information from me, you would put me up in front of two or three people and make make, make me have to dance. That was my worst nightmare. And now, now I do it for kicks. So, you know, if you if you are an arms crossed uh, toe bopper, um, break out, have some fun. As long as you, yeah, there to have fun. And it's, like, I've got to be careful how I say this as well because it's not all moshes that do it. But um, uh, also, the people there that mosh and are there to have a good time, you can tell them there's some people where there's been gigs that are just out there to hurt people. And I think that, yeah, to some degree, holds me back a bit because I'm just like, I don't want to get kicked in the head deliberately. Yeah, but that's only a small minority of people, obviously. Yeah, look, it's um, I don't know. That's that that's 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 a strange thing. Like there is there is a um, the mosh pit is kind of um, it is in its essence antisocial behavior. There's people running around and smashing into each other and. And whatnot, but like, um, all right, another Dylan one. He said, "If you live outside the law, you must be honest." Which is basically, if you're doing things, if you don't want to be governed by laws, then you need to be a law unto yourself. Um, and I think, I mean, the mosh pit has a code, and I don't know if it's written down or anywhere, and I don't know if anyone in, ever needs to tell you what it is. But if someone's in the mosh pit who's not living by the code uh the mosh pit kind of has a way with dealing with that because mm. um. sort of once happened at the sp in st kilda and this dickhead come the language not that the language bothers me um literally he had way too much to drink he came down to the basement and was pretty much trying to start a fight with anyone in the mosh pit and yeah. i mean the band did well and said you know get that dickhead out of the area like we don't want people like that in there but i think yeah it's a toughie because if you say no moshing or no antisocial behavior accidents happen without someone actually doing anything wrong well i i reckon um meredith has has the rider. Have you ever been to Meredith? 
No, I've never been to Meredith, actually. Oh, man, you just... Uh, Meredith, it's waiting for you. Okay. Um, you get, get yourself... Do yourself a favor. Get yourself out to Meredith. We're all waiting for you. Um, Meredith has one governing rule, and that rule is no dickheads. Um, and it's... It's an amazing filter because it is a weekend where people are there specifically to get fucked up for three days and, and nights um, and act like a complete bunch of crazies. But you know that at the same time, don't be the dickhead. Mm. Um, and it's, it's an amazing filter. It gives people scope to live outside of society's normal rules but be good to themselves and be good to other people and have a good time without fucking up other people's good times mm. it's, it's really very very simple but such powerful words and I don't know if it was like first stated as some kind of like flippant comment or whatnot, or or where it came from but the power of that to create a festival of like the behaviour at at Meredith and Golden Plains as well, is astounding. It is, you know, if you wanted to create a textbook scenario for something to go seriously, horribly wrong, then you'd combine, you know, tens of thousands of people with, you know, three days and nights of drinking um, <laughs> and, and whatnot and other things in a, in a field and add very loud, angry music. I mean, that's basically, like, if you wanted to create a bad scenario, that's how you go about it. But add the simple rule, no dickheads, and everyone miraculously takes care of themselves and each other. And it's, it, it's a beautiful thing. It, like, almost gives you faith in humanity. <laughs> no, that's a good rule, though, and simple as well. No dickheads. That's... <laughs> oh, I, th I, th I think we should put it on the, the fucking welcome to Victoria, no dickheads. Cross the Murray. Hashtag no dickheads. <laughs> Please put your fruit and dickheads in the bins provided. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this interview. Well, it's not even an interview. There's been two questions asked. It's pretty much bantering <laughs> everything. <laughs> like this is almost just like two people having a chat in a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, well, we've blown through your hour, mate. I don't know how you're going to edit this. Because <laughs> it's all it's all entertaining, and um, this is a bit of a word of warning to Michael and Adam and Alex. Uh, good luck tomorrow, that <laughs> from Trash of the Treasures guy. <laughs> yeah, follow that one, Forkies. <laughs> uh, oh, but I reckon Michael, if Michael's in his I, I mood, dropped mic, I, think... I dropped the mic, but it's my phone, so I can't. <laughs> I think if Michael um, is in the mood, he always seems to be when I see him in a 
bantering mood, I think it could be some very good entertainment. Oh, well, yeah, he'll, he'll give you a run for your money. He'll give you a run for your money. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I've loved this, Pat. And um, this is the part of the interview I hate, is when it has to end eventually because... It sounds like you're on a bit of a schedule with the working bee. I'm working tonight, so I won't yeah. keep you up too much longer. Well, but, um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Pat. I've really enjoyed this interview slash chat. Yeah, no, it's been awesome, man. And uh, you know, anytime, you know, it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be an interview. You want to chat? Just give me a give me a call. We'll have a natter. <laughs> well, to answer your next question, Pat, would I have Pat from Trashing the Treasures on again? Um, yes. Just simple <laughs> as yes. <laughs> oh, but um, I will be playing, funnily enough, we've been talking about it heaps in this um, chat, is we'll be hearing the Got My Bag, Got My Boots, Got My Lunch in part two of the music. So you will hear that chorus straight away when it comes on so very good i i gotta say man like you're is it is it a three-hour show you do it, that... it it varies it can be three hours two and a half it depends on how much i'm i'm got. absolutely astounded by the amount of like varied music you come up with to play three hours set every every week is just insane that's like I would have exhausted my uh, my entire <laughs> my entire collection three times over by the end of the month. My um, issue, Pat, though, is that I keep getting sent music by PR people for bands. It's just like play this, play that. I'm like, all right, I'll fit it in when I can because it's just too much new music at the moment. <laughs> yeah, an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> I mean, was it two weeks ago, I think, that there was like something like 15 new releases in one day? It was just like, all right, how the hell am I going to fit these all in? So I put like yeah. three or four on each episode and just said to the bands, as you said, look, you'll hear it. It's just going to be maybe the second episode, not the first. Well, well, that's it. I mean, I think what we need to do, I think musicians, I think everyone just needs to just settle the fuck down for a bit and stop making music we want no more new new music for the next i don't know 12 15 months because we haven't listened to the old stuff yet <laughs> <laughs> just everyone shut up for a bit and we're just we just got to work through your back catalogs <laughs> That that's a beauty. Now there is a positive to taking the train down an hour and a half each way to Melbourne. Is that's where I get the backlog of music that's been released. I can just yeah. listen to it on the train, which helps. I tell you what, I don't because I'm I, I I drive. I live quite close to work. I drive to work, so I only really get I don't know like ten minutes or so of um, of, of radio that way. But I I um I listen to things when. I got those uh, those uh, infrared, uh, what do they call them, like uh, headphone, Bluetooth headphone things, um, black noise, what's not, whatnot. So I don't, like when I'm mowing the lawn, rather than just putting on, you know, like ear protectors or whatnot, I put on my black noise headphones. I listen to 
like um, on-demand radio shows, people's radio shows. I like people's podcasts and things. And that's and and walking the dog as well. That's that's where I sort of catch up on what's what's happening here and there. But you know, I've only got two ears. People, settle down. Just stop making good music. We don't need any more. We've got all of your old stuff. Um, <laughs> just stop creating. <laughs> We're sick of it. <laughs> I don't know. Is that off message? <laughs> I've lost you. You there? You there? Yep. I don't know uh, what happened there. Yeah, I don't know. Lost you again. All right. Maybe <laughs> might be an indication to wrap this up so it doesn't drop out again, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think the um, the, the the staff and patrons of the, the Suburban have <laughs> been <laughs> quite, quite bemused to, uh, to be getting half of an interview broadcast over their beer garden. <laughs> well, but I've been sitting, a... sitting on one pint and I don't know if they're getting their money's worth out of me, to be honest. <laughs> oh, well, Pat, from Trash and the Treasures, it's been an absolute ball chatting to you about everything music and Godfather and <laughs> Marathon Trash and the Treasures playing. This is going to go down with so much entertainment. It's, yeah. It's been a lot. Yeah, no, it's been great. It's been been really good having an atter, having an atter to you, and yeah, just uh, I I think the takeaway message here is musicians stop making music. Um, Sam's got his work cut out for him, trying to catch up with your back catalogs. Just take it easy for twelve months. Maybe just hum, just hum. <laughs> I somehow don't think that's. Good. <laughs> We don't we don't need any more music. Um, what we've got's fine. We've already decided what we liked. We don't want our tastes or minds challenged or expanded any further. Just settle the hell down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bands, if you're listening to this and artists, you know, it's, it's a bit of banter and a bit of joking. But it's just, <laughs> I think it's a funny way to end what has been probably the funniest podcast chat I've ever had. And I mean, <laughs> this is going to take some topping, I've got to say. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah. in no, all seriousness, yeah, it's been a great chat, Pat. I've had a ball, and um, yeah, please, if you haven't checked out Trash and the Treasures after this is finished, check them out, support them, turn up to any shows they have in the future, listen to their music, do all that. Very important. Yeah, I should probably mention we have a uh, a new um, official film clip up on uh, on YouTube as well for uh, Superstar. Um, which is one of our, our early songs, but um, it almost kind of, a, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, a radio favourite. I, I guess it's because it's the shortest one that gets the most play. And it never had a film clip. And my daughter, um, Willow Trash, 
um, made a, a, f a short film to the music um, for because like VCE Media, um, and it was so good that we just padded it out with some concert footage and turned it into official videos. So um, you can watch that. She's taken a very ironic interpretation of uh, Superstar, which um, we're going to have some words about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all righty. Well, thanks a lot for the chat today. Pam, I've had an absolute ball, and I'll send you through the links to both episodes, or both parts, let's say, very shortly. Beautiful. And look, um, Sam, thanks for all your, you know, all your support to, uh, to Trashies and to the industry as well. You're really, you're out there um, listening to, to all kinds of things and attending gigs and keeping your finger on the pulse. And yeah, I just hope musicians will just, um, just slow, the, slow the hell up and, and give you a bit of a chance to, you know. <laughs> I think I've got more chance of winning the lottery, to be honest. <laughs> All, All right, right, mate, well, that's my train. We've got to go. No worries. Have All a right. great rest of your Saturday. Pat, and we'll chat again soon. Okay. See you, mate. Take care. See you. Bye. Bye.